Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on Liberty Block. Today we have a greatly extended panel in honor of the goings on over the last 24 hours. We have our original host Jody back with us today. We have two Daniels, because two Daniels are better than one. We know that because two Eds are better than one. <laughs> we have Daniel from UK and Daniel from Texas, sometimes Arizona. And Gina driving somewhere, none of our business where, and Mike from New Jersey. So welcome everybody. We got a lot of ground to cover. What I want to do to keep us somewhat organized is get quick reports from everywhere we are or where we're represented on what actually happened. And then we'll go a second round and comment on why it happened and what it means. Jody, since you're super special and you've graced us with your presence. What happened in Illinois? What was surprising? What wasn't surprising? What matters? Okay, well, I mean, it was a blue wave, uh, you know, except we were already blue. So that's not surprising in Illinois. Um, I was surprised maybe by a couple things. We had a constitutional amendment um, that, you know, the wording is that it's, you know, workers' rights, you know, how they word it so nicely, but basically in a nutshell, my understanding from opposers is it essentially in the state of Illinois where we already have an overly um, powerful unions, uh, essentially the wording in this new, now what is passed uh, will A, cost me more money, my tax, my property taxes will go up, but it essentially allows them to reword their contracts that essentially nullifies hundreds of statutes in Illinois. So boon for the unions, bad for property taxes. So I honestly didn't think that was going to pass, and it appears it has. Were there uh, any races where Republicans had a chance but lost? No, not any big ones. There was a, you know, a big one in my world, uh, our house district, my guy, I, I, he was great. I thought he, he, he looked like he was doing really well and he lost. And I, I'm, I was surprised by that one. Nothing else is a surprise to me. As you guys know, I uh, worked with, you know, another candidate for governor in the primaries and the guy who won the primaries, Republican, I mean, you could not have given the Democrats a better gubernatorial candidate than this guy. And he lost so monumentally and that, that the, that the Republicans in the state didn't see that, that it's, that it's even remotely um, surprising to them. And it is, I, it's, it's unbelievable. So as I look at Illinois, I think, you know, you can't blame the Democrats in Illinois. The Republicans wasn't, are. Wasn't Jody, I'm sorry to interrupt, but wasn't the, the Republican who got the nomination for governor, wasn't he one of the guys that was supported by Democrats? Didn't the Democrats run ads? Steve, you shared some. Yes, they put it. Well, so th that should tell you the reason why. Right. Because they knew he's never going to win. So they did put in, I don't know how many millions of dollars it was into the primary race to get Republican voters to elect him in the primary. And because again, you couldn't have picked a better candidate for J.B. Pitsker to run against. This guy, you know, he he wanted to separate Chicago from the rest of the state. He um, 
his video of him taking an AR-15 to the to the state budget. I mean, there's so many things about him. And this is Illinois. I mean, you just, all you have to do is run stuff like that in the general election and he's toast. It was so easy for J.B. Pritzker, who's a terrible governor. We have terrible results. But, you know, I, I'm not surprised with Illinois. What I am surprised with is Michigan. That's the state I love. That's my home state. Their Senate ha- is poised. It looks like it's going to the Democrats. The Democrat governor got reelected. And the Senate in Michigan, I believe, hasn't hasn't had a hasn't been controlled by the Democrats since like 1984. And the House hasn't been controlled by the Democrats since I think 2010. Michigan is poised to be controlled House, Senate, Democrat, and now the governor. At least with Whitmer, we had Republicans keeping her at bay. Now it's just going to be crazyville in the state that I love. So in other words, Michigan went even bluer than it was. Yes. So when they were talking about a red wave, I feel like I got so blue waved. I'm like off my rocker. Illinois is not terribly surprising. Michigan, I just, I I can't. I'm so depressed. Wow. Okay, we'll get back. It looks like they're, you know, they're 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 doing to Michigan what they what they've done in Illinois and uh, and other states where, you know, you have Wayne County where Detroit is, and then you have the surrounding counties, and those they've turned uber blue, and they're just going to take over the way the state rolls. Okay. Thank you, Gina or Ed. Who wants to take North Carolina? What happened? Um, well, North Carolina had a great night. So North Carolina's biggest win last night was we flipped our North Carolina Supreme Court to a conservative majority, All which right. is absolutely fantastic. Um, the only thing that we did not perform well on last night was flipping one extra seat to take the supermajority in our North Carolina Senate and North Carolina House. Well, um, we got it in the House. Senate. We didn't get it in the House. Well, yeah, right. In the House, we didn't get it. Yeah, one short in the House. So that was really the only downfall. Um, the counties that normally go blue went blue, you know, but all of our judges statewide, the Republicans swept it and uh, it, it was a great night overall. Uh, Ed, is there anything else you want to add? Um, I think it was a great night in for North Carolina. It was, it was a red wave here in North Carolina. I think I think nationally we had rather than red waves and blue waves, it was really a parting of the sea, right? right. I mean, red places got redder and blue places got bluer. Uh, I think that's true here in, in North Carolina as well. Michigan and, used to be purple. I'm it sorry? used to be Michigan used to be purple. Well, and I think that I think the purple is is separating. I think that the the purple is splitting into red and blue, and the red parts are becoming redder and the blue parts are becoming bluer. I think that's true within states, and I think that's true throughout the country. I would like to uh, comment on that uh, just uh, momentarily. Um, I want to show you a chart from the New York Times. This is um, from from the Senate races, red arrows going to the right mean counties that are more red than 2020. And blue arrows going to the left mean uh, areas that are more blue than 2020. And if you look at North Carolina, as you were saying, let's see if I can zoom in here. 
mostly. Um, <laughs> God, I just lost stupidity. Mostly red. But if you look at some of the other states, and same with Georgia and Alabama, and of course, Florida. Florida. But, but other states, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky, even um, Illinois, Oklahoma, much, much bluer. And Arkansas, Kansas, Iowa, all redder. Uh, Wisconsin, a little redder. It's a really kind of a, it's a really kind of a weird, it's a weird, this is all compared to 2020, the, the Trump so you got to uh, realize, Ed, how many election. people have moved into these other states that have fled those blue areas. Your yeah, red people I, that were just overflowed by blue have came down. We, I can't tell I, you how many transplants we have here in North Carolina because they wanted the heck right. out of the blue states. And I think, I think that's part of what explains to Jody what's happening in Michigan. I think that's part of what happened in New York to Lee Zeldin. I think yeah, they don't have data on, in Michigan here because there were no uh, statewide races uh, in the Senate. I can potentially change that. Um, but my, 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 my suspicion is that a lot of people who would have put Whitmer and Zeldin over the top were no longer there. They were in Florida. They were in North Carolina. They were in South Carolina. And you know, as as much as the good people who remained behind thought for sure we were going to get these people, there just weren't enough of us. I, that's that's my take on it. I think that the separation is happening. Um, you know, we talk a lot on this show about separation. Some people talk about secession. Um, it, we don't need a secession necessarily. We're, we're having a separation. <laughs> and I think that's what happened. Um, I'll also say about North Carolina, just more in tees, we'll, we'll talk more later, uh, despite the fact that it was a really overwhelming victory for the Republicans, it was a very vapid campaign. There was no definition of what the Republicans would do. There was no definition of what, there was no explanation to the voters as to why a supermajority in the legislature was needed. Right. There was no, uh, you know, Ted Budd was basically he off was the fierce. radar screen. He was fierce. Right. He was very, he was very, very hard to find. And it was basically, I mean, it was the same Republican strategy we saw nationwide, which was basically let's play not to lose. And hey, I just Carolina, want to ask you one question. In North um, Carolina, it worked. It didn't work around the country. Go ahead. I'll ask you one question and then we'll get back to the reasons and stuff. My understanding or my impression had been that North Carolina is being overwhelmed by liberals. So is that not true? In certain areas, it sure is. Right. The Charlotte area, the Raleigh area, some of the but big still North Carolina did great, you're saying, as a state. So yeah. Okay. So they haven't ruined it as much as they're trying to yet, is really they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> no, but that's really good news because North Carolina has been flooded with migrants, as far as I know. Okay, um, Mike, communist state of New Jersey. Any surprises? Anything important? Oh, you're muted. There you go. Now you can. Much better. Um, <laughs> Tom Kane Jr., the son of the former governor, appears to have won his seat. So there is one pickup in New Jersey. That brings us to three total Republicans because Jeff Andrew had switched parties uh, during the Trump era. Um, so... That's one positive in, in New Jersey. There weren't a lot of other elections going on in New Jersey because New Jersey is off year. 
So most of it was county, uh, local races. I think there was um, a contested race for my school board, and I'm glad to hear it sounds like the challenger won because the other guy voted for some of the crazy uh, healthcare curriculum, sex ed stuff. So that's a positive sign. Uh, although on the county level in Bergen County, um, the northeasternmost county in the state, right near New York City, uh, Democrats swept. So this used to be a Republican stronghold years ago, but it is not any longer. Because it's greater New York. So, okay, Ed P, Virginia, anything surprising, important? Um, Virginia uh, redistricted this year um, based on well, it was it was complicated, but there was a new um, a new algorithm that was developed, and uh, the redistricting was supposed to be done by a nonpartisan commission. Of course, there is no such thing as nonpartisan anymore. So, it got um, it got tied up and tied up and tied up, but eventually, um, geographic, uh, you know what do they call it? Compactness was one of the uh, main criteria for the redistricting. So um, unfortunately, I, I moved last year, I moved from a, a district that was represented by a communist to a district that was represented by a, a, a rhino. Um, but then they redistricted everything. So I'm back in the communist district. So uh, we had one um, house seat flip in uh, Virginia, uh, the incumbent Democrat was a, a veteran and a friend of a friend, actually, and uh, was, you know, extremely uh, moderate in her positions um, and voted every single time with Nancy Pelosi. Um, and then she was replaced by another veteran and also moderate in her positions. And I have no doubt she will vote every time with Kevin McCarthy. So it's it's gotten to the point where we really only need to elect like four people in the house, you know. <laughs> the house is still blue down there. Uh, Virginia is about half and half, I think. Well, Virginia and New Jersey have off-year elections. You didn't have state legislative elections, right? Right, but right now that they're that both houses there are. Oh no, um, the House of Delegates is Republican controlled, and the Senate is Democrat controlled. But there are two Democrat senators who are moderate, state senators who are moderate. And, and so you, you can get things done in Virginia, even though the House and the, um, the House of Delegates and the, and the state senator are split. And how close are but you yeah, to the district nothing. where Vega lost? Say again? How close are you to the district where Vega lost? Um, that's not my district, but it's fairly close. I, I think that that was a good, um, you know, it's a good try. I, I don't think, um, I know that a, a lot of people on the right are talking about voter fraud, which we can talk about now because we're kicked off of YouTube. Um, I do think there was obvious voting fraud in certain areas. I, I don't see that being a big deal uh, in any of the Virginia races. So I think it was fairly honest election. They have very... Um, they have very strict voter ID requirements here. And uh, I, I just, uh, and they went away, they went away from the cats are being cats. Uh, they went away from, um, 
you know, a lot of uh, mail and balloting. Uh, so I thought I, I think that elections were fairly honest here. Okay. Well, and um, I think you touch on one variable that probably hasn't been talked about a lot to this point, which is the redistricting. Um, New York, where Republicans have apparently done well, a judge stepped in and uh, worked to the benefit of Republicans. I don't know about all the other states. I'm not an expert on it, but I, I have to wonder how, how much that may have played a role this year. Well, that played a role in ours for sure. So our maps were redrawn, I don't know how many times, and they ended up, it was, they were gerrymandered by the Democrat North Carolina Supreme Court, and they actually did their own maps which is completely just bonkers. So that is the good thing with having that conservative Supreme Court now in place in North Carolina is we can go back, redraw our maps. And ours were fair to begin with. They weren't towards one side or the other. They were very fair maps. Um, but now we can fix what they have done. Because if that, if they wouldn't have changed it, we would have took the supermajority yesterday very easily. Very interesting. Okay, we have another special guest with us today. That would be Daniel R., who is reporting in from Texas, I believe. So what yeah. happened Texas, there? Trump. And uh, what was surprising, not surprising? Surprising was Beto was up in the beginning pretty heavily. Sorry, Robert Francis. I don't mean to use his fake name. <laughs> um, he was up initially okay, and worrying some fake. of us. Yeah, it's come well. Not not his uh, his soy boy arms. He's he's already been disarmed a long time ago. Uh, he was up pretty, uh, pretty much both with him. Um, he was up pretty good in the beginning and was worrying us, but uh, Abbott, wonderful rhino that he is, pulled it out. Um. Abbott ended up about 11 points up in the end. Nothing terribly surprising in Texas other than I think Garza, I don't, I can't find the total results. I think Garza lost her district that she had flipped in the special election last year. You're talking about the mayor lady? What's that? The lady. No, that's Flores. Flores. Uh, was another one. Flores. That's, that's who I meant. Flores. Right. Yeah, I thought. I somebody told me she lost, but I haven't got confirmation. I, I, can't find her I thought she lost when I looked. Any yeah. idea why she lost? Yeah. Uh, well, she her district is one of these, the Rio Grande Valley. There's counties in the Rio Grande Valley that had not voted red in over 100 years. That's so bad so that the Republican Party would never even open an office of one person in the county. Uh, that changed in 20. 20, I believe it was, uh, because of the assault on the family by the Democrat Party. A lot of the Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley are jumping ship. And so that's what flipped. That's what got her in. And I'm sure they poured a ton of money in there because their feelings were hurt and they didn't want to lose that historically blue area. So they, I'm sure, look powered on uh, the money for her. Um. We didn't have anything big going on. It's not a um, Texas only does like constitutional amendments every other cycle. So this wasn't one of those. Arizona was a bigger one for me. My ties to Arizona. Let me um, ask you another question. That one, Texas, Daniel, um, stay on Texas I'll try. for a second. 
Um, we know that you have lots of strong ties to Texas, the Texas nationalist movement, and that at their recent yes. convention, they were quite strong as far as secession and stuff. Were those people up for yeah. election and did any of them get hurt by their stance on that? I haven't seen any results come through on that for us. I'm sure we'll have a tally on that at some point. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a lot of people that ahead of time pledge. There's some that do take the Take Texas Back pledge, but I haven't seen any results as far as those people and what their results were. We were so pretty rare across them. Of the thousands of people that were at that convention, I forget what which was the Republican, whatever it was. The Republican. Not many of them were on ballots, is what you're saying? No, that was just delegates at that convention. That was building our platform. Right. So uh, there were a fair amount. There was pretty much everybody that signs on are, are Republicans. We It was a big deal. I forget where he's at. He may be out of like the Waco area. Um, there's one Democrat that recently signed on to the pledge. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I don't know his name. Off what do you got for us in Arizona? Arizona looks like it actually might flip all Republican after all. I went to bed last night and statewide offices, all the Democrats were up from 15 to 18 points. So we thought it was a blue wave and woke up this morning and the, um, the numbers had tightened considerably. Right now, Lake is only down by half of a percent. And every all of the late ballot drops. I thought it was What's called that? again. Are they still just reporting 66 of the ballots? That's all I have. Now? Well, funny enough, that's what's being reported on every news site I find, except for Katie Hobbs, the one who's doing the counting. She's reporting 99 percent are in. Oh, I thought she was going to say the candidate says that the counting's over, essentially, and the counting's not over. So this morning, the drops, all these late drops, people waited in line. I'm actually pleased because I am i can't stand mail-in ballots or early balloting, I believe, in showing up in person. We learned our lesson in 2020 because we feel like it was stolen from us because we were one of the states that had the one o'clock vote drop that flipped it from Trump to Biden. So people were fired up this time. Our polls closed in Arizona at seven. There were people at my, I don't know if you've seen the video going around. There was a video where the guy says the tabulator went down. That was actually filmed by a friend of mine at my polling uh, center where I go when I'm there. Uh, that particular center, when we found out they were going to do a lawsuit because of the tabulators going down, trying to extend the time and the judge denied it, but they stuck with the rule that if you're in line at seven, you get to stay. People were there until almost 10 o'clock waiting to vote because they, they knew what happened last time. And we know how the early ballots go favoring the Democrats, especially in Arizona. So people stood in line and it looks like it paid off because now it looks like almost all of the statewide races are going to go Republican after all instead of that 15 to 18 points down at bedtime last night, we're probably going to take all of them. Only one I'm wondering at this point, it's even possible Mark Kelly, who they pretty much thought had it, he's only ahead by five points right now. And what they're seeing with the, with the vote drops that are being counted today, it's trending anywhere from 65% to 87% in favor of uh, 
Carrie Lake, the Republican, and all of the down ballot people from her seem to be holding the same percentages. So what if about- that all holds, then it'll go all red. What about Maricopa? Uh, it, they're still showing it blue, but we'll see. Uh, as of last night, Carrie was sounding like she was confident she'd even carry that. I, I, I want to put a, a, a plug in for um, the New York Times. Um, their election coverage is outstanding. I, I, I don't know. They must have hired someone um, competent. I, I don't know. But they do not call racist until... They're absolutely sure, um, and I really respect that because what the TV networks tend to do is call races uh, as soon as they, uh, as soon as their models say that mm-hmm. it can't be done. And um, but right. it is the case if you look at the New York Times for um, I'll bring it up here because we might as well uh, for Arizona um, right now. Katie Hobbs is still ahead, but. If you remember this from last night, uh, Katie Hobbs had about right. 56 to 44. And right. uh, now it's it's basically 50.3 to 49.7. And if you look at yeah, Maricopa County, Maricopa County, only 65% of the votes are in. And yeah. um, some of the other large counties, uh, only a small amount of the votes are yeah, in. She I, won't I, carry- I do think... She won't carry the Tucson County at Tucson's in Pima there. Tucson's yeah. like uh, if anyone's familiar with how liberal Austin is for Texas, uh, right. that's what Pima County is to Arizona. But if Maricopa had a, has a decent, um, honest, yeah, no, she could still pull it out. I, I I do think yeah. If we look here, it's only twelve thousand votes, and only sixty six percent of the votes are in. I do think um, Carrie Lake has a really good chance. I, I think in the Senate, yeah. if we go to, um, and again, I, I love New York Times. They're so they're so good. Uh, if we look at the Senate, um, uh, where is it? Masters, Masters think, is down by ninety thousand. I think you plugged the New York Times a little bit too much already, Ed. I'm, I'm going to sorry. I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Don't worry, I'm going to get to that. He's, I, I'm sorry, but this is by far the best uh, site. Um, I know Blake and Hitler Masters had the is down. Run on time, but we whatever we'll talk about that. Right, later. ninety thousand votes. That's tough. That's tough to overcome. I I, I hope he does, but that's going to be a tough. A, but a tough. When deficit. I looked at the when I looked yeah, at but, Arizona, supposedly there's still about nine hundred thousand votes outstanding. I heard nine hundred. I've heard four hundred. So I don't know which one. I, I saw seven hundred. Right. And it's well, not it, a problem that the person counting is the person involved in the race. Right. Obviously, yeah. if what we just saw, if <laughs> if only know. six, if, if it's 900 to 900 and only two thirds are um, counted, mm. then obviously there's another 900 to count. Right. I mean, that's basically. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just basic math. Now, I, I think to touch on to touch on the whole thing of the person that gets to count their own votes. The fortunate thing is Arizona finally is going to get a lieutenant governor, it looks. We're one of five states that do not have a lieutenant governor position. The secretary of state is line of secession. And I think when I looked it up, I think the other four states of which one were represented, obviously, with New Hampshire and Wyoming, 
Oregon and Maine, Arizona might have more population than all four of those combined. Uh, and we're still lacking a lieutenant governor. So generally, as they work their way up, they go secretary of state, then governor. So they pretty much always get to count their own votes. So finally, they'll have a lieutenant governor that's the next step up, and we won't have the person running counting their own votes. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Um, Alu's here from New Hampshire. Alu's our fearless leader and going to give us a quick report on both the national races up there and the pertinent local races. Go. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, looks like New Hampshire did not have a red wave. It had pretty much a blue wave, but some very interesting analysis that I'm hoping to give you. Let me pull up the New Hampshire elections again here. So the Republican, generally a moderate rhino status type of governor, but um, he held the line on a lot of vetoes. He vetoed uh, like over 60 bills, which was a record two years ago or however many years ago when Republic, when Democrats had the House and Senate here. So he vetoed a lot, which is what kept the state from becoming pretty much Massachusetts. Um, he won the, by 16 points. So let me pull up the thing here. And maybe I'll try to share my screen too. All right, let me, um, I can't go to New York Times because that's what Ed Powell wants me to do. So I'm going to find a different site so I don't make Ed Powell happy. Um, I'll see if I could share this screen. So it's very, very interesting. And I'll explain uh, how New Hampshire works here. All right, you guys see this screen? So in New Hampshire, we have like 25, 30% of voters are registered Republican, 25, 30% are registered Democrat, and the remainder, 30, 40% are registered undeclared. That's what we call independent here. So they're undeclared. And that's obviously the big swing voters. A lot of them are Republican, Democrat, some are independent, some are libertarian. So that's obviously who you want to, you want to win over. Sununu got pretty much every Republican. Well, a few voted against him. I and a lot of others voted against him, voted for the Libertarian, but he got almost every Republican and he got pretty much all of the undeclareds. He won by 16 points. You guys see the screen? Yeah. So he won by 16 points, which is tremendous. But guess what? Two years ago, he won by 30 points. So considering people say New Hampshire is a swing state or a purple state or very even, he wins by the biggest margins, maybe in the entire union, because 30 points is never done, pretty much never, ever done ever in politics anywhere, besides for maybe Kim Jong-un and maybe Xi Jinping and the <laughs> Eastern Oblasts of Ukraine voting for Russia. DeSantis uh, got to 20%. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he won by 16%, which is, which is a lot, but a lot like half of what he did last time. Anyway. The voters, the undeclareds, all the undeclared voters voted for him and then crossed the ballot and voted for Hassan, who beat Balduck handily by, it looks like, eight, nine points. So what we all thought would be a close race, very, very close. Fox was reporting that the Balduck campaign was even more confident than Hassan yesterday evening. Hassan won by nine points, which we'll do the analysis in a minute, but I guess that means that the only issue she was running on was abortion and the fact that Balduck would take away social security and Medicare and, and democracy, if only he was that radical. He's not, they were all lies, but she campaigned and spent maybe unprecedented levels of money. They sent mailers every single day for the last like few weeks or months, double-sided color mailers every day about Balduck taking away abortion and social security and Medicare to everyone, including undeclareds, including Republicans. I'm a registered Republican and I got it to my house, my address, my name from Maggie Hassan every single day for weeks. So they spent who knows how many hundreds of millions. What's even crazier is that both congressional districts, we have two representatives in the U.S. House, both went Democrat big. The way redistricting went, we all know Republicans controlled the New Hampshire House and Senate and governorship for the last few years. They did redistricting in 2020, went into effect last year, 
And they made sure instead of having two Democrat districts, one would be totally solid Republican and the other would be super duper Democrat. That didn't work. Um, the, the redistricting was that bill was vetoed by Sununu. Then it was redrawn, I guess, by the courts. But but still, I believe everyone said it should be CD1 should be Republican. Nope. Pappas won re-election handily, beating Pappas 53 to 46. Beating Levitt. Beating Levitt. Beating Levitt. Yeah, Pappas beat Levitt um, by seven points, six and a half points, um, or seven and a half, whatever. Um, and CD2, we thought would be, you know, traditionally you'd say it should be bigger because we put all Democrats in CD2. Um, but people thought the red wave would be so big that even I said, there's a chance Burns could beat Custer. But no, that didn't happen. Not even close. She won by 12 points. So big blue wave there. The Right now, the House clerk of the New Hampshire House put out a tweet, I think this morning, saying, um, we're still counting. It's extremely close. Put it this way. A 200 to 200 tie in the House is not out of the realm of possibilities. So I'm hearing a lot of rumors about the New Hampshire House. Don't say anything yet. Just, let's wait a few more weeks or months or years till they count all the votes. Um, but seriously speaking, we don't know. Um, uh, Melissa and some others last night were saying Democrats took the House. I don't know. I think the latest is that we just don't know. As far as the Wasn't Senate- the House overwhelmingly Republican before? We, we, no, it was a slim majority Republican. It was majority by a few, and um, a few Republicans lost. That was kind of surprising. Melissa hey, so lost just lost. to emphasize, Melissa, who's a friend of the show, who everybody here knows, lost her race. Yeah, and the other Republicans in Merrimack <laughs> in the same town won. So again, New Hampshire voters, more than any other that I know, they cross the ballot and they look at individual names. So they're very selective, which is kind of good, but also um, they're not always pro-freedom and not always rational. But they do crisscross the ballot a lot for the ones that that the names that they support. Um, what's very interesting, the Senate, which has 24 senators, I think Republicans had a 14-10 majority. It looks like they lost a few seats, including Gary Daniels, who I knocked for pretty pro-liberty. And it looks like that may also be a tied 12-12, which, which is pretty crazy. So we literally might have a tied House and a tied Senate, which would be a, you know, a one in a million thing. But again, what's very interesting and the big takeaway here is we all underestimated abortion. I guess people, Democrats, Americans, undeclareds, independents, love killing babies more than we thought. We thought it would be big. None of us thought it would be so tremendous. It would outdo the anti-Biden midterm red wave, but it did. Either that or there's a lot of cheating or people really don't care about inflation or people love inflation. I think there's another explanation of that, Alu. Yeah. The Republicans didn't push back. The Republicans didn't the, really get a handle yeah. on any of the messages. The answer to the abortion question is to say, you let Dr. Fauci tell you what to do with your body. You let Dr. Burks, you let you let every governor tell you what to do with your body. Don't come to me and tell me you're for that abortion has to be legal if you can't come forward and say you have a everyone has a right to not take a vaccine. And and the Republican Party across the country refused to make that argument. So they when you when you surrender preemptively, don't be surprised when the other side rolls you on it. That's what happened. Yeah, I agree that, that, that the messaging was really not there from the Republicans. But a big takeaway is that Republicans got spanked yesterday in New Hampshire, especially considering the big red wave and inflation and everything else. And Biden, the midterms usually go to the other party. But here's the big thing. Free staters, liberty people, secessionists, crazy insurrectionists and election deniers did either mixed bag neutral or pretty well. Keith Murphy is the first liberty guy, libertarian, first free stater ever to win a state senator race in New Hampshire history. And he, I voted for him and helped him. A little bit, and he is my state senator. So um, and that obviously was Michael Yakubovich's seat he was Alu. running for. Yeah, it's time for the Free State Project to pack its bags and move to Florida. 
Okay, Ed, we're going to revisit uh, I, that. We're going to argue minute. that in a minute. I, I've, I've been that. talking about that all morning. We can argue that in a minute. And here's the thing. First free state senator, like five, roughly five free staters won the state house race for the first time. A lot were reelected. And even those who supported, who voted yes on independence, New Hampshire exit, secession, reelected. You're overrun Joshua by mass holes. Overrun. You're overrun by mass holes. If you Hollow look at the official Ed. data. Hollow and Ed. Can we hold this 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 um, disagreement either for later in the show or another show? Because the, we Alu and I argue about this all morning, but I want to go to other areas for the minute. First of all, I want to um, go to England for one minute. Daniel, you are a foreigner and kind enough to be a guest. Not a guest. You're kind of a regular, actually. Sorry about that. Do you have any questions about our process before you comment on what happened and why? What process? <laughs> Sorry. Questions. He Some wrote a book. It. He knows more than most of us. Uh, well, it's very generous of you to say it, but um, I don't. Um, some of it, you know, seems uh, arcane to um, a, a British observer um, because uh, just because there, there's so much of it, you know, you have um, so many different things going on at once. And it's it's a bit like your the, the British equivalent would be holding, you know, council elections and uh, MP elections. And uh, when we were in the EU, the EU elections all at the same time, um, which doesn't happen. Um, so I think you have you have kind of much more going on at one particular point than than we ever do, I think. Um, well, if you can figure out first past the post, you should be able to figure this out easy. <laughs> um, yeah, well, first past the post is just kind of, you know, imagine that anyone who wants to do anything new is crippled from the start and, and that then you understand first past the post. Um, but, um, you know, the, 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 the media reactions over here have been pretty interesting because there's a, a very strange mix of, uh, because they're, they're mainly leftist, and even the um, supposedly conservative ones are like the equivalent of your rhinos. So uh, the response in the media has been sort of gloating about there there not being a red wave, uh, which is predictable given what our media is like. Um, we had uh, uh, Sky News gave a, a thing saying that. Um, Trump was livid and uh, screaming at everyone. And they tried to depict it almost as if uh, Trump, Trump was Hitler uh, in the bunker at the, the, you know, the last days in Berlin. Um, and th th none Trump of this- as Hillary, you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of it was, seemed to be sourced, but they've just done, you know, let's describe him as screaming at everyone, put it in inverted commas, and then we don't have to source it, you know. Um, so that was Sky News. Uh, and then uh, the BBC had one article that was kind of surprisingly balanced and was sort of saying, well, actually, it's, it's, it's not a great night for the Republicans because there was a red wave predicted, but it's, but it's still a good night, uh, which seemed to, you know, shocked me a little bit with the balance there. But then I found another BBC one, which was just beautifully Orwellian because um, uh, it was a, a, an article from a group called the uh, BBC World Disinformation Unit. And uh, that was mm -hmm. counting the number of people who won and who lost, who were, uh, as the BBC puts it, election deniers. 
Um, so they'd gone out of their way to try and kind of pretend that uh, questioning 2020 again is extremism. Um, and, and it's just, I love the Orwellian title, World Disinformation Unit. You know, it's just... At least that's honest. Yeah, I, well, it, it's kind of um, honest uh, in the sense of if they call themselves the Gestapo, I, I suppose. But um, <laughs> it's... Um, but um, and then the, the the disappointing one, I suppose, is the the, the Telegraph, which had an article that said, uh, "Now the Telegraph is supposed to be conservatives. You know, they they're nicknamed the Tory Graph over here, um, which um, you know associates them with the Conservative Party. But they're they're very much mainstream conservatives, and and what you're seeing is is that." Mainstream conservatives are as virulently against MAGA and, and Trump figures as uh, the left are. Um, and so the, the Telegraph was saying that the results were very disappointing for Trump and uh, because of that, a victory for um, uh, sanity and common sense, um, which is, you know, obviously they've never actually looked at what the Democrats stand on. But... You know, it, so it's all been fairly predictable from our media, I'm afraid. But that's not a surprise, right? No, it's, it's not a shock. But um, uh, the, the one kind of uh, uh, funny little aspect of it is that they also seem to be bigging up DeSantis all of a sudden um, and saying, you know, there's a lot of uh, articles over here instantly saying bad night for Trump, great night for DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis is the, the kind of um, hope of the Republican Party and they should go with him. Um, but again, that's I think that just serves the long term anti-Trump agenda, really. Right, which which we're going to also get to. Alu, you wanted to comment on this real quick? I mean, you just see a post here. Leah Cushman, who's a state rep, one of our best. I think she's been on the show. She said it looks like it's tied. There are going to be a lot of recounts, but pretty interesting yeah okay so we're going to get back to maybe that a free state project thing either today or, or, or in another show um daniel in uk the english press was also predicting or copying our predictions for a red wave before the election uh yes they were they, they hadn't made quite as much about it as as the um u.s press had but they were saying there was going to be a, a red wave, largely. There weren't many dissenting voices. And uh, um, and then, you know, pretty much the same as in the US, as the results came in, that turned around. And it turned around with uh, quite a great deal of gloating. Mm -hmm. So I just want to get everybody's learned opinions. Um, you can raise your hand if you want to start. Where did the polls get this so wrong? And has it ever happened that polls have predicted red victories and blown it so badly? Hard to mean, put a finger on that. get it so wrong? I mean, I don't think it was intentional. Um, from from my own perspective, I mean, I, I I'm kicking myself because I was I bought into the the red wave stuff. Everyone did. did. Not but my you know husband. What? He but kept you know saying, what? they're saying this. I don't think it's going to happen. He was calling it all along. You know what? But that's the whole thing. It, I didn't buy into it until probably the last month or so. Uh, right. I shared with you guys, I shared with you guys before the show, 
a letter that I my my local county GOP asked me to draft to the Republican National Committee in September. And, and I sent I sounded the alarm that I thought that we were blowing it and that we were not going to that 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 we had a paradox in, in our electorate here in the sense that they were chomping at the bit to go vote, but they felt like the Republican messaging was not speaking to them. Right. And, and I saw that in September. I saw it all summer. We talked about it on the show. Um, and then I guess I just forgot about it. And, and part of it, I mean, from I'll just speak for myself. I don't know about the rest of the media or anybody else, but I just looked at how absolutely inept the Democrats looked. And it, it, it almost looked like they were intentionally trying to lose. I mean, like prep propping up Fetterman, who was obviously unable to comprehend sentences and speak clearly. Um you know, some of the things Biden said about shutting down coal plants a couple of days before the election, um, it, it just looked like they were trying to lose from my perspective. With respect to the polls, where were they really off? Because a lot of these Senate races, they did have us pretty tight. Uh, I don't know what the polling was in specific House races. Um, you know, I'm not sure how far off they really were. I think Intuitively, it felt like the pendulum was swinging back in the Republicans' direction toward the end. You know, we had talked about the Dobbs decision after it happened. It really felt like after midsummer, when the whole inflation thing was front and center, that things were going back in the in the Democrats' direction. But clearly, their strategy was to gin up their own base with the abortion issue, with the d- democracy is on the line stuff. The MAGA Republican stuff. You and say, it's hard, it's up, hard. Mike, you make it like that's a bad thing. That is the way to win elections. I, I'm not saying that I say party, I, I was, understand. I didn't that. say it was a bad thing. I'm no, I know, out, but we I'm say gin up, gin up. You usually got I'm a negative. Pointing out that it was a, it, apparently it was effective. Of course, it was effective. When you try and when you motivate your own voters to come out and vote, that's usually pretty effective. The Republican Party could stand to learn a few things from the Democrat Party. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, they capitalized on the abortion issue. Okay, so let me just ask a question. How many people here think the abortion issue really was that important? And are we really living in a country where people will starve to death and get killed, but never give up on they may, may one day need an abortion? Yeah, that's how I I read. uh, I do. I read an article that that the single women vote was much more democratic than in 2020, but that the married women, married men and single men vote was either more Republican or the same. So it was, um, I I think if not decisive, it was a a major uh, contributor. And in in some ways I sort of predicted it because I think that um, the Republicans tend to overreach on this issue uh, beyond the obvious consensus. Uh, you know, whatever you and I think about this issue, there is a sort of a, a, a general consensus on the issue in the American public. And let's thank Lindsey Graham uh, for helping the Democrats. That's, that's right. And Lindsey Graham, after 50 years of the Republicans saying, uh, this is a, should be a state issue, Lindsey Graham introduces a bill uh, to federalize abortion policy and and you know, with 15 weeks or whatever, whatever it was, I had no chance of, of ever being passed. 
And yet he introduces it, I guess, for the purpose of giving the Democrats uh, something to run on, because that's it, kind of the way Lindsey Graham rolls. Uh, I don't once, disagree once with Roe anything that you're saying there. Huh? Once, once Roe was overturned, the Republicans were going to be on the defensive. I, I agree that the stupid I party. I disagree. Like I said, they didn't have to be on the defensive. Uh, they could have thrown it back in the Democrats' faces with the vaccine jabs. They and had the it, state's they, rights. The state, the state decided. Exactly, exactly. But I, I'll go even I further. haven't I, seen anyone out of Florida campaign against COVID fascism. Not one, not right. one person right. out, and outside of Florida. That's, and that's part of where I was about to go. I agree with everything you said, but I think the problem is the Democrats have no problem demonizing Republicans. You know, Alu, you mentioned earlier about Bulldog is going to get rid of Social Security. He's going to get rid of Medicare. You know, they the, the Democrats have no problem trying to demonize Republicans. But pretty much since George Bush 41 brought out the Willie Horton ads, Republicans are scared out of their minds to demonize Democrats. Yeah, and, bad, 100%. And they did not they did not mention COVID fascism. They did not mention the crime wave. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the crime, the crime wave issue. If you want to incarcerate criminals, that's racist. Right, that but, has been decided by the media, and the Republicans but, are not willing you know to, they needed to go just against. Flip the table over and say, we don't care what you think. We, they, you know what? Playing to the media hasn't worked. Maybe they should pay, take a cue from the Democrats and play to their base and play to their own voters and tell their voters what the voters want to hear. It worked for Trump, and I think it would work for them if they followed that advice. They should have talked about mutilating children. They should have talked about men and boys in, in girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. Mm -hmm. They should have talked about all sorts of social issues that they are scared out of their minds to talk about. And I'm as far from a social culture warrior as they come, but you have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to not understand that that was how you demonize your opponent and make, you, you don't have to make, you're not even demonizing them. These people are crazy. They're trying to destroy our children. They're trying to destroy women. And we can't, and our side can't even point that out. They're too scared to say it. No wonder our side, no, no wonder our voters were, were apathetic or, or, or not, didn't come out to vote the way they could have. Trump, um, Trump mentioned that stuff and DeSantis mentioned that stuff as well. And it, Trump when Trump did. mentioned it 2016, it worked. When DeSantis mentioned it after 2016, 2016 it's worked for him. So you're, you're absolutely right there. Uh, but the mainstream Republicans won't do it, will they? The establishment ones won't do it. Shodi, right. what do you want to say? No, I was just going to totally agree with Ed. I've literally been yelling at my TV on a regular basis because the left is so, so good at creating a tiny little word phrase and everybody says it over and over and over. You know, when you talk anything about, you know, uh, voter ID, which my state doesn't have. Right. So you know, they come up with the wording. Well, asking for voter ID is voter suppression. And voter suppression, voter suppression, voters, they, they all repeat it ad nauseum. Now, why we don't come and say voter fraud, we're against your voter fraud, your voter fraud laws, your laws that want voter fraud. We can, we never do that. And I don't understand because it's almost like the Republicans are accepting what the Democrats are saying as true in the minds of voters. 
well, they're not fighting against it. So it must be true that voter laws really are about voter suppressing people's votes. The Democrat or the Republicans are so derelict that I can no longer in Illinois and perhaps Michigan blame Democrats for how horrible the states right. are. And on top of that, I mean, abortion, at least that was a 50-50 issue. I get why they were afraid of that issue for so long. But voter fraud, how many people are in favor of voter fraud? Nobody. Uh, how many people are in favor of you can't even get you, you you can't even get Republicans to 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 create a, a talking point to say it over and over. We are against the Democrats' push for voter fraud. We do not want the Democrats' push for voter fraud. Their voter fraud laws, like they could be saying that over and over and over, just like the Democrats. I mean, voter over fraud and yes, over and over voter suppression laws. How about how about what they're doing to children in the schools, the mutilation of children, the indoctrination of children, having. Girls compete against biological males. I mean, these are things that they could have got, they could have campaigned on all those issues. We're going to cut funding to that. We're against that. We're going to protect, you know, you, they, they say that they're for women's rights. How are they for women's rights if they won't even protect your girls from boys in the locker room? How, how are they for women if they're letting rapists out of the prisons? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was so easy. This it's was not the hard. I know. Group. This was not not abortion. Abortion is a 50-50 issue. They could have had an issue that was like 80 or 90% of the people are are on their side. Inflation inflation and what's going on with the economy right now is, again, it's an issue where where 99% of the people agree with us. And the Republicans ran on it, but just like we underestimated abortion, we overestimated that people Before the the election, we were talking about they need to talk about the economy, inflation. And they did. First of all, no. I didn't say that. And, and I disagree because I think they did talk about inflation. And the one thing that they didn't say is the one thing that would solve inflation. And that's to cut government spending. I said I it on the show one or two weeks ago. I said, you want to you want to deal with inflation? Somebody needs to stand up and say the reason the Fed is raising rates is because they want to cut private spending. Well, we want you people to be able to spend your money. We're going to cut government spending. And that way, the Fed doesn't have to raise rates because they're raising rates in order to finance all the deficits that we're doing. That's what they needed to say on that. But they were in their defense. How can a Republican possibly campaign on reducing government spending when the Republicans spend exactly the way the Democrats have whenever they're in power? Well, that's why they don't win. But 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 not only that, though, we still have an election. The inflation is the inflation. The price inflation is 100% caused by the spending that started at the beginning of the pandemic and continued throughout the rest of the Trump administration and into the Biden administration. It was all voted on bipartisanly. And now those are coming home to roost. Here's the one you have to really, you have to really, you know, say the Kevin McCarthy's and the Mitch McConnell's and all of the rhinos are responsible too. We we that's we, right. don't get, we understand the cause, but Joe voter out there doesn't necessarily. And what I heard when I was watching Fox last night is some people believe that it's a global problem. Yes, so the, that's you're right. 100. Even make the case that it was because of the government spending. So Ed, Ed, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I thought I read your letter. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I I would. Take one issue, one thing about abortion. I think, yeah, abortion generally is a 50-50 issue. 
but I'm not sure that overturning Roe v. Wade was. And I think Ed sh shared some poll results that said it, it was 70-30 against. So it was a problem. I'm sorry. It was, it was a problem for Republicans. And I, I want to go parenthetically a second and take advantage of Daniel from UK. What are the laws in Britain about abortion? And is it an issue there? It's, um, no, we, we have... Um, None of the, we're not allowed um, termination um, as late as you have in, in some of the Democrat controlled states. Um, we have a cutoff point um, off the top of my head. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's, uh, um, you know, it's not right up to the end of, of, of where some of the radical Democrats are at. Um, it's, it's not really an issue in the UK. It's not really, there's, there's like a, a, a um, that we don't have, we're a very secular society now. So we don't have the, the kind of religious element uh, opposing it. Um, and most people are agreed on allowing abortion and allowing it up to um, the, the current limit. Um, I mean, I've, you do get some people who uh, abuse it and have had multiple uh, abortions. Um, you know, I've been some from following the US um, debates on it. Um, I've become much um, more anti-abortion than I used to be. Um, you know, I started off with a fairly typical British attitude to it, which is, you know, uh, the, the usual talking points of it's a woman's right and what if she's raped and, and that kind of thing. Um, and that's the standard British reaction, really. It's, it's a bit like uh, it, there's a very big cultural difference in the UK to the US but, on abortion, just as there is on guns. Years, we had 50 years of elections where abortion becomes like the number one issue. And now when Dobbs is overturned, it's even more the number one issue. Every Supreme Court nominee, it's the number one issue. I'm, I'm just curious, are we, we're like the only country in the world that everything is abortion, it. right? Yeah, it's, it's not an issue here at all, really. Um, people were, uh, you know, the vast majority of people uh, are happy to accept the... Um, existence of abortion and the limit on abortion that we have. Right. And here, they're not. Really According to the NHS website, uh, it's more or less abortion on demand up to 24 weeks and then severely restricted at, after 24 weeks in England. And it's a, a little bit more liberal in Northern Ireland. And uh, I have not yet read Scotland yet. Yes, yeah, Scotland might, um, because they're they're very hard left the the SNP. Um, so that they're if there's movement in the UK on um, uh, when termination is allowed, it will probably happen first in Scotland. But, but I'm saying that the American left would not accept a 24 week, um, you know, block. On abortions, either every Democrat until, wants abortion up until birth, they want until and including. No, birth. that's not true. After birth, that's not true. They want it after birth. That's what I said. Nancy Pelosi said they want it um, essentially until the woman leaves the hospital, so that 
you know, if any What's baby interesting is born, is very few people that know that, want. you know, we always want to be enlightened and progressive like the Europeans, but the Europeans are far more conservative on this issue. Yeah, we don't get that message out. Yeah, uh, in, in Europe, uh, you know, I think it's fairly the, the same in, in the UK as it is in um, continental Europe. And um, there's a lot of belief, you know, and it's it's usual anti-Americanism, really. But there's a lot of belief that, that the anti-abortion movement in America is uh, religious nutjobs. Um, and that's how a lot of people in the UK would see it, um, because mainly the debates long ended here and um there's you know left-wing controlled propaganda about what the debate is in the U us uh, there's even people in the uk you know a fair number i'd say who who probably believe all the democrat nonsense about um you know it being some kind of uh totalitarian female hating regime um, if you have abortion controls. I am. I, the one point I want to make today, among actually not the one, many, is there's something so incredibly wrong with this country that national elections have us up in an uproar pretty much 24-7, 365. The fact that we're even talking about Congress flipping or tying is so out of line with what this country should have been we should not really give a damn what the federal Congress does, let yeah. alone the federal presidency. And we're so far gone. It really bothered me last night. Would George Washington have cared that much about a congressional race? They're not supposed to be doing any of what they're doing. And we don't even talk about that anymore. OK, so that brings up a question I have, because my husband and I were discussing, you know, the sort of what's more important if there's GOP governors to sort of hold the line against this behemoth of the federal government that we have? Or is it more important that the GOP maintain control of the House and the Senate? I'm not really sure. Governors. Husband, I'm sure. What's that? You know what? no, that's I'm what I was sure. thinking. I was thinking governors, because I'm like, well, well whatever this, the Senate and the House do on the federal level, it's the governors that have the ability to protect us from that crazy. So I was thinking governors, you know, I don't want to lose Republican governors. And I want to interject a second because Ron DeSantis obviously listens to Ed Maslisch on this show because Ron DeSantis, to his internal credit, told the Fed poll watchers, you're not coming into my state. And that that is straight out of Ed Maslisch's mouth. And that is unbelievable. So, yes, the governors are the only chance that this country had. Has any other governor ever told the feds they're not welcome? If we get Carrie Lake, there might be another one. There may yeah. be another one. That is unbelievable. So I Listen, that's one of the reasons Carrie Lake said she ran for governor and not for Congress. Yeah. You do nothing in Congress. And the governors today, especially after COVID fascism, they have tremendous amounts of power. So, yeah. well, she actually the other day, they challenged her again because she's mentioned as a VP pick for Trump, maybe. And, and a lot of those guys, especially candidates running, are going to hedge their bets and try not to answer. And she flat out said, no, nope, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to serve four years. Not only that, I'm going to serve eight years because I'm getting reelected. OK, Daniel, so she flat out said, no, I'm not going to be a VP pick. Right, Daniel, 
you did it. And now it's your fault and you own it. You brought up the elephant in the room, which I'm sure everybody's going to want to discuss. <laughs> What's that? How much of an effect did Trump have on losing this? He apparently, I heard this first on Israeli radio because I was listening to their five o'clock PM show, which is like 10 o'clock in the morning here. And they're like, you guys got to hear this. You're just, this is going to totally blow your mind. And they played the Trump quote that if my people win, I get the credit. And if my people lose, I get none of the blame. And the Israelis were like rolling on the floor. Who has the, I never never heard. Yep. I never heard that quote, but I don't doubt it it today. Coming from him. Yeah. And, I, I watched oh, the video. Today. I think he was being a little bit. Um, he he was being a little bit funny. I mean, you don't he, think he, he was being he was, <laughs> he was he was okay. So sometimes Trump is, uh, you know, exaggerates for effect. Sometimes he exaggerates because yeah. he doesn't know any better. This time he was making a joke i you've you watched the video he was he was even, even smiling if he was making a joke it's not getting around the world that way that's for sure the question no. is did trump's um threatening to make an announcement before make any different he's he's still waving that i'm going to make an announcement on the 15th thing um there's lots of pundits starting to talk about the trump desantis thing you guys kind of know where i stand on it um, well, i don't know where do you stand on it i'm curious i wasn't here for that well, wanna... some of us believe Trump and DeSantis should go head to head in a uh, primary battle. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's sad that the rumor is DeSantis would back off if Trump ran. I believe <sighs> ideally Trump should move somewhere else and leave us all alone. Yes, I Amen. would vote him against the Democrat, but we don't need him now and he should step aside. Rather, he just warned no, all him. over the papers today. He warned DeSantis not to run. One of the things that I think we should um, understand that that is kind of a, a white pill. I mean, there are a number of white pills in this election, as bad as it was overall. Um, hey, can we uh, not use one white of the, for good and black for bad? I don't want to get thrown off rumble and everything else. <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the white pills is that Jill Jill is really excited over this um, uh, red trickle slash blue wave. And it's now almost certain that she's going to push um, Biden into uh, announcing that he's going to be running for re-election. I, I think that I hope so. that is that is just great news. Okay, I honestly, but- that is fantastic. News. So, did you hear? Yeah, yeah. There's a rumor out there that, and again, it's just it was reported in some of the press today that Trump is blaming his wife for his supporting Oz. Trump is blaming Melania for his support of Oz. Yep, that he supposedly is telling people she's the one who convinced him to support Oz. But to me, that would fit with Trump's, you know, getting blamed for absolutely nothing. Um, Other than Oz not being an American, not being a Pennsylvanian and not being a conservative, I don't see why you wouldn't support him. Really? I think he was perfectly. I mean, he he isn't great to love him. Um, and by the way, I'm going to insist, um, Ed Powell, with all due respect, I'm going to insist that you do not use the word Jill. It is Dr. Jill Biden. <laughs> Dr. Jill, yes. Yes, yeah, so she was going to be a great Surgeon General, too. Don't be a bigot. I heard she finished <laughs> in the top of her class. You know that Ed Powell is a doctor as well, Steve. That's true. <laughs> I am. I, I am a doctor. I don't want to say it's Ed just Powell not that kind of Biden doctor. in the same breath. 
And I'd be happy to call him Dr. Powell. Do you guys see my screen? <laughs> yes. 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 Did Trump really say that? Does he not know what midterm means? Does anybody surprise? Is anybody surprised by anything he says? He's such an him. idiot. He's like a twelve-year-old who's an average. Yes, I, I can't. He needs to go away. But I have um, a question. Sorry, I, I, um, I, I totally disagree on this point, actually, because um, I think this is exactly where Democrats and um, enemies of freedom want us to go. Uh, you know, and and. Uh, the whole blaming Trump thing is is fairly farcical because um, he's not the one who was in in charge of the the policy. He was not the one who was in charge of the money. You know, he's not the one who's deciding. Wait a who Trump gets has a hundred million dollars. What did he spend? Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, he had money that he could he have had put two in. States more. where he came in last second in the primaries came in. Let he should have just stayed out. And both of those primaries, the Republican primaries, went to the Republicans that couldn't win in that state. If he'd have stayed out, but he backed bad people, I shouldn't say bad people, bad candidates. And if he, and it, I'm sorry, from my perspective, it looked all like it was an ego trip for him and he didn't really care about whether or not that candidate could actually win. Cody, I don't know if you were around, but we reported on this show from very reliable sources that if you wanted Trump's endorsement, you were talking seven figures, maybe eight. And yeah, he that's didn't care less what you no. believe. And that's very scary. And yes, he he put some really bad candidates in. But the point is, Trump allows himself to have a target on his back. And when the target isn't big enough, he goes out there and makes sure it's magnified. And that's where he's yeah, a big problem. Totally. He won't shut up. He did not. Be, so, yes saying he's going to drop an announcement. Supposedly, Sununu, of all people, convinced him not to announce the night before the primary, the election, that he was going to run for president, because that would have brought another million Democrats out. And here's the deal. I, I, we may have needed Trump at one point, and he may have done a lot of good things. But if you have a DeSantis now, what the world do we need Trump for? So That's my question I was going to bring up, because if you look, if you want to try and find what are the silver linings here, I'm just going to postulate, number one, that Joe Biden runs, right? Isn't that good for our side if that Joe Biden's not, running? No, but you know why not, Jody? Jody, excuse me. Fetterman just won. And I know Ed Powell ch chimed in before the show, but it was already in my show notes. They reelected a state representative or senator in Pennsylvania who's dead. dead. I know, but that's not Pennsylvania. That's Pennsylvania. Wait, I thought that was Fetterman. Wait, they, there was a different person? Yes. They for did. state yeah. senate. <laughs> For yeah. state senate in Pennsylvania, yeah. they they so, reelected a Democrat who died October 9th. Yeah. Hey, so Jody, you don't think they would on. vote for a dead person to be president? You really think? But they doesn't would? that tell and, you? And, and, doesn't, doesn't I, that I tell honestly you? believe I electing a dead person is is a good because a lot of their voters are dead. <laughs> they can't so do it. It's yeah, they was elected by dead people. Yeah. Doesn't that so, tell I mean, the um, you know, we said said earlier, you know, Ed said be a bit more like the Democrats. Well, the Democrats aren't worrying about who they put forward personality-wise, are they? They're, they don't worry about whether that person is polite, you know? And, and so much of the criticism of Trump is already conceding defeat to the Democrats because the criticism of Trump is we need to be more moderate. No. No, that's not no, my no, criticism of Trump. Can I finish my, uh, what I see as the silver linings? So let's just say... Now, Biden is the 
candidate in 2024. And is there any chance that what just happened sort of takes some wind out of the sails for the Trump machine and puts some of that winds in the sails into the DeSantis machine? So that in 2024, the one candidate that we all just talked about, the one candidate that's really willing to say what needs to be said could be the one that runs against Joe Biden in 2024. I think if we can get the wind out of the sails of Trump, put wind in the sails of DeSantis. And I'm just saying, maybe that's what is happening, what happened in this election, a positive thing, and keeps Biden as the candidate for 2024. I think that could be good. So I think one of, the problems, Jody, Jody, I think one of the problems is that unlike any other politician, and it is what made Trump a great person to run, you know, in 2016, he doesn't listen to anybody. When Unless people said like, to Richard, like, Nixon, that's why he needs to go away. Resign, but there's no one he would listen to who could say that. And that's really sad. I don't think he listens to a single human being in the world. Ed? Yeah. Well, Daniel, let me defend you and then disagree with you. On the one hand, I'll defend you by saying we should never let the, the left tell us who our candidate is. And, and that's they're telling us they don't want us to, to nominate Trump. But on the other hand, I'm not sure that they on the other hand, he like it or not, fair or unfair. He's an anvil around our, our candidates. He, he he galvanizes the opposition against us and brings Democrat voters out to vote against him and to get vote against his candidates worse than anything I've ever seen. And I just I don't think he's helpful at this point. And I think, sadly, whether he runs or not, he's going to trash DeSantis. That's what's really scary. Right. Well, I'm thinking, Daniel, say, maybe you can invite him for an extended. Well, I, 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 cannot, I cannot say. You know, there's this, um, to me, I, I loved what DeSantis has done in Florida, but I, I'm getting increasingly worried about the fact that the liberal media are bigging up DeSantis now. Um, and I'm getting worried by the fact that he's got in tight with um, the GOP establishment now, uh, and he's kind of using them for, for kind of campaign messaging and things. And I wonder if 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 we did have a presidential run, whether what you'd see from him as a president would be more um, Romney than than uh, DeSantis. Mm. You know, I have, I have uh, to tell you that since I have somebody very close to DeSantis, and the best the best information I get is he really is what he says he is. So whatever that's worth. He, he is a little better than the average guy at the moment. And yes, they will trash him. They will palinize him thoroughly. But what's bad is if you let Trump do that to him. The Democrats well, I, I hope that's true. And the people last night were screaming two more years, two more years uh, to DeSantis. Um, if, if DeSantis wants to challenge Trump, he's got to do it immediately. He can't. He can't. No Hamlet. For he can't wait for Trump to implode. I think Trump is close to imploding, but he has a lot of support. He's got to say, I'm, I'm going to do all the policies you like about Trump, except I'm going to have good advisors rather than, you know, Jared and Ivanka. And I have a real track record and I'm not going to, uh, you know, push COVID insanity or vaccines. Picking up the vaccine thousand dollar bill that's lying on the street 
as well as, you know, some of the others uh, would be, uh, I, I believe would bring him over the top because Trump, it's a, it's a serious vulnerability for Trump, this vaccine. It's serious. 100%, He's seriously vulnerable. 100%, Ed. And you know what? I think that that would be the best scenario for the Republicans, because if Trump has a good answer for that, if Trump is willing to pivot and, and say, OK, I'm not going to push vaccines anymore, I think that he would deserve to get a, a second look. But he's not willing to do it unless somebody like DeSantis pushes him. And right. so that's what we need. We need for DeSantis to push Trump and push him hard and, and hit him hard. Not not by the way Trump is threatening, you know, by revealing, you know, I don't know that he had, a you know, two girlfriends when he was in 10th grade or something. I don't, I don't know well, what Trump is there's, saying. There's, but... a da- there's a danger in that, too, because you have a lot of Trumpists. They are like a cult when it comes to Trump. They are. OK, but and they're gone. The, the minute they're, they're not they're gone. not going to support DeSantis. Right? They're just not going to support him. If DeSantis goes after Trump hard, he could alienate a lot of those people, too. If That's he picks up some of the issues like trade and immigration and no he more wars. He needs to rise above stuff. it. He needs to rise above it. He can jab at him on the jab and things like that. Oh, but you know what? He if needs to rise above. He needs to show that, that he's, he, he's a more likable person than Trump. If we see... Uh, that battle heat up between DeSantis and Trump. That's when we're maybe going to get an, a bit more information about how big is the pool of people who are so pro-Trump. I don't think it's that big. I, mean, I don't. If you think back but, to the primaries, when he went after Rubio and it got kind of vulgar, Rubio went, yeah. went down in the gutter with him. It didn't help him a bit. It's not how many people who are pro-Trump, because obviously there are tens of millions who are pro-Trump. It's tr- know, the people I mean who are only Trump. That's yeah, the yeah, ones. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Only okay, so I don't- Van, Van Gino is the second biggest podcast, I think, in the country, and maybe the second biggest Facebook page, and he is still sticking up for Trump. I don't listen to Mark Levin. Get off my phone, you big dummy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't listen to him, but I assume he's still the same thing, and I assume Sean Hannity is. And until some of those um, start thinking because Bongino's like DeSantis is great, but Trump, 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 Trump. Those people got to get off of it because th- this is not Trump's time. We don't need him right now. We may have needed him in 16. We don't need him. Right the, now. the other issue so, I think that people forget is that um, in politics, timing is everything. And if, um, you know, DeSantis is term limited out in 26, um, and then he is no longer the governor of Florida. And being a governor brings in a lot of ancillary benefits as far as having an organization that you can draw on. If he's out, it's just some guy living in wherever he came from. Anyway, I happen to agree with you, but there are people saying the exact opposite, that he'd be stronger afterwards. I agree with you, but there is a counter argument. No, the governors have this money organization and there's always the like, I'm going to be governor for two more years and you better donate to my campaign. I, I totally, you... I totally agree with you. I'm Let just me take the opposite side of that. Don't... And the other thing is that there are these stories out there that he's already said he won't run against Trump. Now, is that a feign? I don't know. I, um, I think that's true. I think he says he said he won't run against Trump. I think people will change his mind. Can I take the other side of Ed Powell's argument? Sure. Oh, thank you. I can't believe everyone's quiet. So um, I think if you're as a governor, 
if instead of governing, we see this with senators and, and, and congressmen especially, if instead of doing your current job, you were running around the United States doing crazy stuff and trying to raise money and you never do your job, that's really, really bad. We all know in primaries, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul missed 99% of their votes in their final year, supposedly representing their constituents. I think as I, I hear what you're saying, Ed, it's good as a governor to, you know, um, get a promotion. But if he if he, you know, didn't run again or ran again in 2026 after he's term limited or 2028, whatever, um, as, as a citizen, he could spend full time, full focus, full everything instead of being a governor and neglecting his constituents, which kind of shows that you're going to be a crappy president and neglect them. I think if you focus on your current election, I think that's the better way to do it. I mean, I can understand why he would be reluctant to go up against Trump. Well, I, don't. I think that you've got to be, think that you can knock anybody out. But the, the thing is, uh, you know, the danger there is, is just you've got the two big beasts of, of the uh, Republican side who rip each other apart and, you know, let even a, a, a useless and discredited uh, Democrat win again. Um, and, I, you know, I don't see the need for that battle. I think I, one of them has to swallow their ego and uh, follow see, the I, other I, one. I think totally the opposite, Daniel. I think, you know, to use the boxing analogy, Sparring is what makes them better fighters. And I think that going at each other, I mean, especially both of them, I mean, for different reasons. How, how good is DeSantis at counterpunching? I, I think he's going to be great, but we don't know. I think we need to see how is he going to be when, so, when, when the liberal media comes out. The only at problem him. is going with the boxing metaphor, you come out bloodied and weaker. And right. So, I, no, that, I mean, that's listen, not that. No, Stephen, that's there, not there's two true. different ways it works. Stephen, no, no, that's not true. Al, hang on, Al. They're both. They're both true. It, every single fighter, in order to succeed, has to have good sparring partners that lets them practice. And 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 if you don't have good yeah. sparring partners, you're going to get knocked out. The, that's, the problem yeah, is they I'm, don't go. They the don't problem. go straight from the sparring session to the world championship fight, do they? Exactly. There's that. But there's another big thing. It's it's. Do you have a sparring partner and then rest for a week? Or do you have a sparring partner who gives you a cut and plays dirty and stabs you in the back and puts right. some dirt on you? So yeah. if Trump had to say the sparring, that's fine. That's good. It makes him stronger. Look at Michael like, Bloomberg when he got into the fight. But you he, know, he, wasn't no. he wasn't ready for it. But when you, you get think... into the ring with Trump, when you get into the ring with Trump, he's going to be hitting you below the belt. And, and, and all what that do you kind think of... the liberal media is going to do? What do you I, think I understand. That the Democrats? No, what I'm saying is digging up dirt. If Trump digs up dirt, but we expect that from the liberal media. This it would be different with the with Trump, Trump is going to embellish or make up or fabricate or or exaggerate dirt of DeSantis. And then oh, you mean like Dan there's... Rather did to, to yeah. George W. Bush? It's the same as the liberal media. I wasn't around back then. Sorry. Okay. So I mean, are, we, are, we, are we agreeing that Trump's shadow was a negative factor in all this? The MAGA Republican stuff that the Democrats are playing was was smart. I'm sure they focus grouped it. I'm sure they they knew what yeah. they were going to do. I, I think so, the mega I think mega. the ultra, uh, really the ultra MAGA whatever it was not as much an effect as the constant harping on the 2020 election. I think we all know what happened in 2020, and. I think we all know that some of that happened in 2022. The point is the point is to fix it. Talk softly and carry a big stick. Mm -hmm. yep. Not to scream about it and do nothing. So I think that's one of the things that uh, DeSantis was very effective at. He did not go around uh, bitching and moaning about 2020, but he fixed it. And that's in Florida. Exactly. And no, that's 
notice that Florida is the, has more voters than any other any other than Texas, I think, and California. But he's got more more voters than Arizona, more than Pennsylvania, more than all these other states. And he had it all reported with no fraud in an hour and a half. Okay, this is a man who built a bridge in three days, which hasn't been done in a hundred years. Yes. No. I I think that. Um, I think the Japanese did a bridge in about three hours, didn't they? When they when they had uh, some really bad storms. Yeah, I, th I again, back. I think DeSantis is going to disappoint us. I remember living through the Reagan administration. Here's a guy who essentially set the stage for winning the Cold War, which is certainly the most important thing in the entire 20th century. And I was mad at him at least half the time. I was, you know, going through, reading the page. Oh, my God, what did you do that? And then you look back on him and you see that he was a giant. So I know that DeSantis is going to piss us all off, just like Trump pissed us off. But Trump himself, uh, until COVID, he was, he was, until COVID, he was, it'd be even better president than Reagan, Trump. Yep. But he failed miserably in COVID. I mean, he just failed completely. And I think it's going to be very difficult to get away from that. I know, um, you know, obviously DeSantis wasn't perfect in COVID, but he was way better than everybody else. And I think that he's... And he was willing if, to go it alone, which was really mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I think if he leans into that record and leans into, you know, freedom and, and if he picks up the vaccine thousand dollars and he doesn't have to criticize Trump, he just has to say, look, Operation Warp Speed didn't work. We can't do this anymore. We can't have no testing anymore. We can't have, you know, because they... They not only had no testing on the, no more, they had 60 days worth of testing on the vaccine, but it seems like the data that they actually released showed that it didn't work. And they ruined all the controls by vaccinating them at 60 days. So there's absolutely no data on long term effects. And so basically, warp speed was more like warp cash, you know? And if you could just pick that up, if anybody knows anybody who works with DeSantis, I have no idea if any of you do, but if anybody is anybody who works with the Santas, tell them to pick that up because that <laughs> you can we cannot do that anymore. We can't have no testing on a drug that's supposed to be given to billions of people. We just can't do that. Um, and uh, I, I think that if DeSantis picks that up and, and he's really smart enough to understand the technical issues and explain them to people because he's done that before. In a way that, that have a other Republicans haven't done. To argue with the senior Axelman on this show, um, if Mark Levin and Sean Hannity went to Trump and said bow out, would they have even a percent of an effect on it? I think if Tucker did, maybe. Tucker? Is Tucker? He's yeah, not he listens to Tucker. Actor, right? I don't know, not man. Like Levin and, um, I've never seen him on Tucker. Has he been on no. Tucker? I, I Tucker think was the one who went to him and said, look, you got to take this COVID thing serious or, you know, the coronavirus back then, what it was called, seriously mm -hmm. and stop dicking around. And he did take it seriously. Unfortunately, he then, you know, listened to Burks and Fauci instead. Of I, I don't think this v. Trump. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't uh, think any of them would have the guts. I don't think any of them would have the guts to tell Donald Trump that he shouldn't run. And if they did, he'd turn on them in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm afraid. You're right. But. And what will that no. matter? 
I, I've got to go. I want to give one last uh, white pill before I've go, uh, I go. And it is that when we started this, Carrie Lake was uh, was down by 12,000 votes. She is now down by 4,000 votes. So even in this hour and a half, Carrie Lake is... So is that how many votes you want me to find and uh, ship to Arizona? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, gentlemen and lady, I would like to uh, continue this, but I have uh, another uh, responsibility right now. So thank you very much. Thank and you I very will much, see you, Ed. See you all next week. Bye, Ed. Next time. Bye, Ed. And Daniel Rice, you wanted to say something? I was going to ask Ed because uh, the other Ed had asked me if I knew um, how many were still, I think it was, you had asked if I knew how many were still outstanding when I did the update a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. My source, I'm not finding outstanding votes still. I'm still showing 66%, which I don't know how Lake gained a little ground. And now the attorney general is listed as Republican winning at this point because he's listed as 66% still also. So maybe it was very low 66% and now it's the very high end and so Which at this be... point, we're, we're still pretty much looking at the Georgia Senate race to break the tie, right? Which is so. didn't you didn't you say Ed that if uh, that Alaska, Wisconsin, and uh, who else, and Arizona would put it up if and Nevada it went, yeah, Nevada. Think, that's right. Yeah, I think uh, they had forty-eight, and if they get Alaska. Wisconsin, Nevada, that would be 51, I think. Well, where are those races holding now? Well, Wisconsin was called just before the show for, for Ron no, Johnson. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. 49. Yeah, I heard he won. But what's the deal with Alaska? How does all that work? They've got that, uh, ranked, what do you call it? Ranked, ranked voting. Ranked ranked. voting. So are there three candidates? Murkowski, the Republican, and the Democrat? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a Democrat. I think there's a libertarian. I think there's four candidates. Are there four? I thought there were four from the list. The I looked it up. The entire population of Alaska. Well, the Republicans better hope they get it before Georgia because I don't think they're going to win Georgia at this point, especially if the Donald comes out and announces. I think that's the kiss of death. Yeah. And Herschel Walker is just not the strongest candidate, is he? No, uh, you know, I mentioned to you guys that I had, was not watching that Warnock Fox. is, but <laughs> right. I mean, I mentioned I was watching Fox and they interviewed just one voter. Obviously, it was, a, it was a white guy and he was saying how he split his ticket in Georgia. He voted for Kemp. Then he abstained from the Senate race, voted on local races because he felt that would uh, those affect him more. Of course, you know how the Senate and mm -hmm. judges being confirmed has no impact on that boggles the mind. But I just, I don't understand some of the, uh, the, the ticket switchers when they, when they switch, ticket splitting, and to abstain from a race like that, it just, it just it's flummoxing. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. For Alaska Canada. Well, I think that there are people that they, they have principles to them, and, and Herschel Walker is just a, not a good enough candidate, and they wouldn't vote for him. The same way we don't want to vote for Romney or Murkowski or, or, or I didn't or, want to vote for Darren Bailey. That was the guy running for governor, but I held my nose and I voted for him because to me it wasn't a vote for Darren Bailey. It was a vote against J.B. Pritzker. How much did and, Pritzker? And you know I, I don't like it, but what else do I have? What, what difference does it really make 
if the Republicans control the Senate or not. They're not going to have 60 votes. They're not going to be able to override a veto with 67 votes. I mean, no, if the they only control thing the House, think about, you're totally correct. If they control the House, it makes no difference. Judges. I, I mean, the, the, No, it doesn't make any difference with judges either. How? If they have 51, you say. I can only think, I, I can think of one difference that it would make, and that would be with Ron Johnson winning re-election in Wisconsin. He's the one guy that, that's willing to hold hearings on Big Pharma and willing to, to right. get to Over the bottom right. of, of some of the jab stuff. Right. That's, that's about the only thing. thing that I can think of that it makes a difference. And in some respects, it, it, it's almost worth it to punish the Republicans and, and make them have to deal with the consequences of bad candidates and, and bad messaging. But I don't well, know if we care. you know, I mean, we're, we're, there's a lot of variables at play. It's hard to process all this. I would say this, this one thing about the Senate races, the, the states that were in play were not really fertile territory in a lot of ways for Republicans. The, the, the map wasn't great. I disagree, Mike. I, I, and I will just disagree forever. I think that it wasn't that it wasn't fertile ground. It's that the Republicans didn't till the land and didn't, didn't farm the land. In my experience, I, I, I agree. that's totally true. But I, again, like I said, there's more than one variable, and yours is probably a weightier one to look at. Um, but I, I don't think that the map was generally favorable. Yeah, but if that were true, why were they predicting this massive red wave? Side of, not, not in the Senate side. They really were never. It was always everyone more, predicted like 54 senators for the Republicans. No, I don't know that that was the case. All these races were closed. Pennsylvania was going to be closed. Ron Johnson. Does uh, anybody think it benefits the Democrats to go into a midterm that way? Because especially with what's going on as far as the economy, it benefited the Democrats to go into this telling everybody it's going to be this red wave because anything less is seen as a victory for them. So I get, I think it was strategic for them to get the media, everybody up. Yeah. Red wave, red wave, red wave. And then, you know, anything less than that is a win for the Democrats. Oh, I think they really believed it. I mean, I, I just think that the Republicans did a bad job. That's all. I agree. I, I think so too, but. So, um, are we, so, cause we've not really covered it a lot, except in asides. Are we saying that there, there wasn't large scale cheating on this one? Because I think there still was. I think there was too. And I, and, and even more so, I think that one of the under appreciated stories that I see in the, in the last 24 hours is that it's become so institutionalized that, we don't even mention it. And and the Democrats are they're almost turning it into a, you know, an, an untouchable subject that no one is willing to even bring up. And and, and then uh, we do our own analysis as if the results are legitimate, as if we hmm. accept that all of the results are legitimate straight but, away. And and then we, mean, than, we decide on Trump, how it went on that. Other than okay, Trump but- in his childish way. Who is who is saying that there's a problem? Nobody is really saying that there's but a problem. You already mentioned it before, Ed. Uh, what is DeSantis doing? Walk softly and carry back right. sick. He's right. just solving the problem in his state. So uh, that's one of the subjects. Have we not learned screaming your head off over and over is not the solution? Right. Get you it done. Do 
state. Get the get the seats. Get the get the you know control the control of the government and change it. What did Trump but, say in 2016? These politicians, it's all talk, 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 talk. And then he just becomes a talker himself. Yeah, yeah. DeSantis took care of the problem. I mean, I'm sure that there was attempts to cheat down there. And and in fairness, DeSantis ran against a historically awful candidate, right? I mean, Charlie Crist is is no he he's one of the worst guys, you know, he's he's up there with Biden yeah. and but better. DeSantis victory, the first thing they came to my mind was that's Reagan Mondale 84 on a state level. Yeah, well, considering he kind of flipped Miami Dade, which is unbelievable. So yep. But maybe that um doesn't that show possibly what would have happened elsewhere if the same uh, levels of uh, reacting to electoral fraud had been put in? You mean if people would have... Yeah, but how is that going to happen, Daniel? I mean, the rest of the Republican Party is not willing to fight. DeSantis is the one guy who's willing to fight. Um, Trump Ed, is willing to talk about fighting. Ed, you're the one who said, and I believe you, that Republicans don't want to fight election fraud because they benefit from it. Well, well I do believe that. There's that. They and, do and it here in Illinois, the Republicans. The Repu Republicans have acquiesced to all this early voting, the vote by mail, all, all this crap. And, you know, the Fe the, Fetter the Fetterman race, you know, I brought this up, you know, uh, with you guys on the back channels, but, you know, how much voting was done before that debate when he made an absolute fool of himself and he proved himself to be yeah. cognitively impaired? You know, this is this well, is a problem. This is why you're supposed to vote on Election Day, because you have no idea what's going to happen two days, a week out from the election. You know, so there could be a big breaking story of utter corruption and people have already cast their vote. It's just. It's disgusting. Stephen, let me just amplify what you were alluding to just a moment ago. Yes, I do think the Republican Party benefits from fraud. I think they cheat in their own deep red places as well to keep conservatives like us silent. But I think one of the real I mean, I'm not disappointed at all in, in what turned out. I think it's actually beneficial that people like Oz didn't get elected. And I think it's great that. J.D. Vance got elected. It will be great if Blake Masters is able to come back. It'll be great if Adam Laxalt wins in Nevada, if Chewbacca wins in Alaska. If we call out the, the, the fake Republicans and we give louder, a, a higher percentage of the Republican caucus to these conservative voices that really are there to do what we want them to do, we've got a better chance to, to eventually fix the problem. It's well, not ready. We're not ready to fix it now. I, but I, we're moving in the right direction. I think what? that they're already voting next week to recoronate McConnell. So it'll be really interesting to see let, what happens if they vote McConnell and McCarthy into leadership again. Let, let's see what happens. The dust hasn't settled yet. No, it hasn't. And it will be very interesting because that's really the first test. Well, um, weren't there rumors of Governor Scott or now Senator Scott from Florida potentially challenging? Challenging what? McConnell. The Senate? Oh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that he's going to be willing to. I mean, I've heard people suggest that he should, but I, I can't imagine. I mean, he just was the senatorial camp. Uh, he was head of the senatorial com campaign committee. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a plum job that, that McConnell gave him. One, one hand, you know, one, they scratch each other's backs. One race that we didn't discuss, because frankly, I don't care that much about New York, is that they knocked out the 
chair of the DCCC, and right. which was apparently a pretty big deal. But I think his name yep. was Barkey. One nice win. That was definitely a nice win for the Republicans. Yeah. Okay, folks, I want to start wrapping up, but I want to give everybody time to uh, give us closing learned thoughts. Who wants to go first? Go, Jody. Sorry, I got to feed my family. <laughs> so oh, so the no, rest I... of us can starve to death. That's the problem <laughs> with you Republicans. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I have to be a mom and cook food. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not to you be sexist. To be a parent. You have to be I'm a trying. parent, not a mom. I prefer to be sexy, not sexist. Okay. So, no, I, you know, I don't want to overstate my zeal for Ron DeSantis because God knows where it could go. But one of the things I just wanted to suggest, and we talked about it here before, about the the lack of leadership in the Republican Party. And we know, we see, we watch how that trickles down statewide. We need a Republican leader. And I'm sorry, Trump is not it. We need one who can do the messaging side, who, as far as I'm concerned, that's where DeSantis uh, would be the best um, Republican candidate because we so desperately need somebody who, like the left, is able to create those strong pushback messages that cut to the chase and that everyone can repeat statewide. I just wanted to put that out there. That's it. Okay, excellent. Who's next? I guess I'll go. Yeah. Um, God, it's it's hard to process all this. I mean, DeSantis is a clear winner out of the, the midterms. I mean, what he did in Florida is, is amazing. I, you know, it, one thing we didn't really touch on was the out-migration from places like New York and New Jersey to Florida and what kind of an impact it had on on uh, on Florida and places like New York where Zeldin uh, ended up not really getting close. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what we've spoken about here is true. And it all, always comes back to the fact like Ed is saying, that the Republicans do need to do better on messaging. Uh, I still worry that generally we are still drifting leftward um, in terms of the electorate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I see that we have a midterm like this where everything was really predominantly stacked in the Republicans' favor, Dob the Dobbs decision notwithstanding, that they're basically going to be netting out on the low end of the gains it is troubling to say the least, but um, somebody like DeSantis can pick up that baton. And, uh, you know, while what, I don't think one person can change everything, one leader can make a big, big difference. And it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out, obviously, as we look to a Does primer. anybody know if Bobert did lose? Last I, I saw she official... did. I thought I saw she did, but you haven't seen an official report. But I heard that she was losing. Yeah. Yeah. Last I heard, she was losing, but it hadn't been declared. Yeah. Another another sad sad loss. Ali, do you want to say anything in closing? Yeah. Obviously, does Kate want to say anything in closing? Any thoughts about yesterday? No. Thank you. No. You want to say <laughs> hi to them at least. He's my friend. That's my dad. That's that's, our that's Liberty Block. That's our lawyer. 
All right. Say hi to my wife. Hi to the baby, the Axel baby, coming soon on the show. So yeah. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. So you'll have one more loud Axel in a few weeks, hopefully. Um, in closing, I, we didn't get to talk a lot about secession, and I have a complaint about the primary host over here. This guy, Stephen, what's his name? Axel something. He didn't let us talk about secession, so we should dock his pay. Um, I think overall it's a mixed bag. I, I have over here set up, we have like uh, 30, yeah, like 25, 30, 35 libertarians and free staters elected or reelected in the state. The first state senator is really good. Um, and again, we see more and more polarization and division throughout the union. And again, Florida is looking more red. California is still extremely blue. New York is e even more blue. Um, states are getting more red, more blue, more division. And again, things are going. People are going to settle into the states that they want to be in. Conservatives may go to Florida. Libertarians are going to go to New Hampshire again. And someone just pointed out on Twitter, and you know, if it's on Twitter, it's always correct. So, so you know, no one rely on Twitter that the Democrats won so big in New Hampshire by say, claiming to be libertarians, and, and it's actually true. We all know libertarians are 50-50 a majority pro-choice, and but the Democrats like Maggie Hassan and the Democrats for Congress and even the state house and state senate and locally, they ran by saying this, keep the government out of our bedrooms and bodies. And Ed, I know what you're going to say. I, I know it's, it's corona fascism hypocrisy. I know. But what I'm saying is they ran kind of with a libertarian kind of message, and it did well in New Hampshire because New Hampshire is very liberty. So I, I think overall this is, pushes us closer from both sides, Republicans, the Democrats, libertarians, all three sides. They all are going to want more and more to leave the union and govern themselves because the Tenth Amendment's gone. Even though the Supreme Court's trying to save it, still the Tenth Amendment's gone. States' rights, federalism is gone. That ship has sailed decades ago. And I think we're going to see more and more independence. The independence legislators, all of them on the ballot, got reelected, I believe. So we got a bunch who voted yes on independence. That didn't hurt them. Republicans got hurt by being anti-abortion. Those guard darn Republicans, they got hurt. The people who are pro-independence, free staters, libertarians, did not get hurt. They did very well the other day. So that's why I opened up by saying it was a very bad day for the GOP, but not so much for the liberty Republicans, free staters, secessionists. It was a pretty good day in New Hampshire, at least. Okay. Daniel, UK. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, I still love Trump. I still want Trump. Um, you know, I, I still think that he can win in 24. Um, I, I don't think the, the negatives about him uh, push anyone who doesn't have that already to the Democrats. Um, you know, uh, and I, I, I think if you if you want to fight, um, you can't sacrifice the level of support he's got, I don't think. But. At the same time, I'd say DeSantis showed you the, the tactics that are needed to address the, the biggest elephant in the room that people won't talk about, which is the level of massive ongoing fraud that was in 2020 and is in this result as well. Um, and, you know, you can't have mail-in ballots. You can't have early voting um, because if you have both of those, then you will have massive fraud and you've not got any kind of real representation left. Are you um, so Western Europe doesn't have early voting and mail-in ballots? No, um, a lot of the European countries, it's banned. Um, we have, we, we have um, mail-in ballots in the UK, but they're nowhere near the levels that you've had in the US recently. You know, you had, um, uh, the last I saw the figure for the midterms, it was over 40 million ballots went out. Well, that's 40 million chances to cheat, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're never going to get a, a free and fair election allowing that. 
Amen. True. And, and you have voter ID there? Uh, yeah, we have voter ID. Yeah, um, you know, we obviously we have an electoral roll. Um, we um, um, we don't um, necessarily have to present ID when we go in to vote, um, but um, you know it can be requested, um, and um, you know you are. It's assumed that you are able to prove your identity. So. Um, Daniel, are you going in and out? I don't know if you wanted to say anything to close. So, Adam. Oh, I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you said the Democrats had a, had a message. The message was abortion rights are on the line. The message was democracy is on the line. The Republicans had no message. Their only message, to the extent it was a message, was those guys are bad, vote us in. And they didn't tell you anything that they wanted to do. Uh, they didn't tell you why they were bad. They didn't tell you what in particular they were doing wrong, other than to, in the most general and nebulous way, say that inflation was bad. And towards the very end, as I said earlier in the show, to say that crime was, was bad and that it was their, the Democrats' fault. Uh, but there really was no message on the Republican side. And the Democrat message may have been a bad message and, and not consistent with reality, but you're not going to beat something with nothing. Well, their message, I'm sorry, yeah, but their message wasn't about what they were going to do either. It's about the other guys are bad. Okay, but okay, vote for us because we will protect the right to abortion. Vote for us because we'll continue January 6th. Vote for us because we'll prosecute MAGA people. That was their message. It was an idiotic, stupid message. I don't agree with it or approve of it, but it was a message and it motivated their people to come out to vote. The Republicans didn't have a message and they didn't give people a reason to vote for them. All they did was say, it's time to try something new. I mean, they didn't say anything. I mean, and as I, you know, I'm not gonna repeat all the things I said during the show, but there were a lot of low hanging fruit issues that 80 to 90% of the people would have ran to the polls, would have not just run to the polls, they would have run through a wall to get to the polls in order to vote Republican if they would have said, we're going to protect you from rapists being put out of jail. We're going to protect you from having your kids mutilated in school without your knowledge and against your, and against your wishes. Um, it, I just think that there were a lot of messages they could have ran on. They chose not to. You're not going to beat something with nothing. Um, but on the on the positive side, I, I do think that um, both sides called the herd. You know, the, the socialists and the communists like AOC have been strengthened in the Democrat Party. They're not the ones who lost. The moderate re Democrats are the ones who lost, just as moderate Republicans like uh, like Oz also lost. So I think both both sides are getting more radicalized. Choices are becoming starker. Uh, it wasn't a blue wave or a red wave. It was more like a parting of the seas. And um, I think that I think that that's a good thing in the long run, and it's healthy. I'm not a secessionist the way Alu is, but uh, I think it does play into the secessionism that Alu supports. Um, and we can talk about whether the free state movement should uh, go to Florida.
What am what I, chopped liver here? <laughs> well, you want me to call you a secessionist too? I'm a proud secessionist. All right. So I am a peaceful, peaceful separation, man, because I don't see any choice. I see so many articles there about, God forbid, civil war and violence. So, yes. Um, the only thing I want to say, if anybody likes crunching numbers and wants to come next week with numbers on turnout, since we're talking so much about people not turning out, I'd be curious how these elections compare to past midterm elections. With that, I want to close off. It was a very long show today, but an excellent show. And we will be back next week for a clock regular time. Please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com and have a wonderful evening.